I don't know about you, but maybe、uh, maybe this is the way it is for me. Sometimes it, it seems like we have Christmas and we move towards Christmas and we we have Christmas Day and then woof, we move on and it's like what just happened, you know?、Um, there's so many things that go on,、uh, so many family reunions, so many opportunities to be stuck in airports for days and days, which some of you have experienced.、Um, so many meals,、um, so many big meals, and、uh, and wonderful time. And sometimes it's easy by the time the New Year's comes to go, what what just happened back there? And so I always like to take towards the the first Sunday of the New Year to to take a look back at Christmas, not to retalk about what we've talked about,、um, but but to stop and and to think a little bit. And this year, I, I I don't know about you, but I kind of sat back and I I marvelled and and questioned and wondered why did God do it this way. I mean, you think about it, why did God decide to save the world through a little baby, way back two thousand years ago, in a nowhere place called Bethlehem,、um, through parents that no one ever really thought much about. Not that they were bad, not that they were good; they just weren't important. Why? You know, I I, I think for many people, one of the struggles they have with Christianity is is the whole issue of Jesus. You know why would God? Why doesn't God just save people? Just kind of make a decree and say you're saved. Take, go, go and enjoy, and and、uh, you know everything's good. Why? Why through this child? Why in this way? He loves people. That's a good reason. He did love people. I think I might just pass. That's good. That is the right answer, by the way. You know, unlike Wikipedia, though. Um, the Bible doesn't necessarily say, you know, why did he do it this way? And here's a, a couple of paragraphs or whatever. And says, the answer is all there. For whatever reason, God put it in different places in the book to help us get a sense of why.、Um, why did Jesus come as as a human being? And in Hebrews chapter two, which Dave read, it gives us really three reasons that Jesus came. It's important that Jesus came as a person. That God's salvation. Came in the form of flesh and blood. The first that Jesus, when he came, totally identified himself as our brothers. Humanly speaking, he is he is our brother. We are his brothers and sisters. Secondly, he's our champion, and that's a phrase that is maybe a little bit old. and And I'll try to explain what it is so that we can understand it. But it's a very helpful explanation. He's our champion. And last, that Jesus is our high priest.、Um, but Jesus is our brother. He came in flesh and blood so that he could be our brother. This passage goes the great length、um, to talk about Jesus' humanity, and again and again talks about him relating to brothers and sisters, bringing us together with the Father. There is this family theme throughout this passage. See, Jesus is not pretending to be like us. Jesus is like us. He has the same flesh, same blood. Same frailties, same need for sleep, same frustrations at the brokenness of life, of the brokenness of people around them. His temptations are real temptations, not fake, not pretend. His battles are real human battles, and so his death is a real, physical death, with all that comes with it. We can relate to him. He's like us, and the wonderful thing is he can relate to us. 
You know, sometimes, rightly or wrongly, we tend to think of, well, God created the world and God's transcendent, which is all true and wonderfully theological. And God is so far above us that it sometimes is hard to make that connection. But you know what? Jesus walked just like we walked. He experienced, he smelled the good and the bad that we smell and see and feel. He is like us. So many of the emotions of the challenges, the temptations that you and I experience and feel as human beings, apart from those that come through sin, like guilt, Jesus felt as well. But in many ways, he felt more profoundly than we did. Jesus feels our pain. We are not alone. Jesus is with us as human, as human beings. And he has suffered more than he, we have. And he has conquered, even though he suffered like us. And it's very important for the writer of the book of Hebrews that we understand that Jesus is flesh and blood. It's very important because God's salvation came to us in a way that we could know and experience, that we could touch, that we could, we could feel. Not as distant, but as something close. It's interesting in Romans chapter 5, and you can look at this later, it, there's this discussion about Adam, the first Adam, and then Christ Jesus being the second Adam. And it's, it, the passage basically in a nutshell says this, the first Adam through his sin dragged us into the mess that we now experience. And the second Adam, which is Christ, pulls us out of that mess. And this leads us really into the second idea, and that's that Jesus is our champion. Not just that he's our brother, but that beyond that, he's our champion. And maybe the best way to illustrate this is to give you a story that most of us will know uh, from the Old Testament. It's the story of David and Goliath. And uh, you, you may remember that David and Goliath had this huge, uh, this big conflict where David went out, and he was probably a, a young man, uh, not someone of great stature or strength, not someone who's been trained in military, who's going to go out and fight this great giant of a man, this great um, uh, fighter, you know, called Goliath. And, uh, and, you know, basically what you may not know about the story is it wasn't just two people deciding to fight. It's two nations at war with each other. And they came to an agreement. Basically, the agreement was this. We're going to send our best, we're going to send our champions out there, our best, and, and one person will fight one person. Instead of the whole nations fighting each other and thousands and thousands of men dying, we'll just have one person go out and fight. And if your champion, the one who represents you, wins, then we'll, we'll follow you and we'll be your servants and your slaves. But if our champion wins, then you have to serve us. That one person, therefore, represents the whole nation. The success of that one person means that our nation succeeds, the loss of that one person means that the whole nation loses. That's the idea. And so you have this epic battle between David and Goliath, and as we know, David won. A great victory, not by strength, but by God's enabling him uh, in, a, in a supernatural way to defeat Goliath, uh, shockingly. And you know what? What did people do? They, they, the people of Israel rejoiced. We had a great victory. But it wasn't just, it didn't just say, David, great job. This really nice and, you know, we'll put a picture up for you and, and uh, it's a real benefit to us, you know, to have a guy like you around. No, we are freed because you freed us. And so this passage talks about Jesus as being our champion, as the one who leads us. But the idea there is of champion. His victory is our victory. Our fate is tied in with his fate. 
and because he was victorious, were victorious as well. The passage specifically talks about that Jesus defeated death and therefore freed us from death, which was a tool that the devil uses to, to make us and push us away from God. The fear of death. Because we fear it, we move away from God. And Jesus says, I've taken that fear away because I've died and paid the price. Death is a separation that comes because of sin and judgment. Jesus takes that sin away. That judgment is removed. And Jesus transforms death and takes his sting away so that it no longer has the same fear factor for us as it used to. That now, you know, no matter if, if we die, we live. Because Jesus lived. His fate is our fate. And that's why he came as a human being. To defeat death as our champion. So that we could rejoice with him. You know, when David, at the end of that battle, guess what? Everyone, they were on David's side. <laughs> that David, you're our champion. David, you're our man. David, you're our leader. Wherever you go, we'll go, we'll follow. And, and it became that that was the popularity that David had because of this battle. And people did follow him. And people did die for him. And people did say, we will let you lead us. Because you are a great champion. In the same way, Jesus doesn't just come and say, I died for you. Come and, and, and let me lead you. No, he frees us. It's personal. It's intimate. And in the beauty of his victory, we want to say, I want to follow. Not I have to follow. I want to follow. And until we get that sense of the beauty and the majesty and the incredible victory and, and the fact that he invites us into it, and until we grasp that, then we're just working. We're just making every effort to be a follower and not say, no, no, no. You're my champion. I want to follow you because of what you've done for me. Lastly, Jesus is our high priest. He represents us before God and he represents God to us. In the Old Testament, the high priest once a year brought a sacrifice into the Holy of Holies for the sins of all the people. And he would go in first and he would sacrifice for himself and then he would sacrifice for all the people. It was called the Day of Atonement. But that priest was what? That priest was human. And that priest was set apart by the people. He was came from the people to serve the people and to serve God. In the same way, Jesus becomes our high priest, like us, but different than us. There to serve God and to lead us to know God, but also there to help us to know that God is near to us, to teach us what he's like. Jesus is our high priest. And I love where in this passage it describes him, not just as a high priest, but as a high priest that is faithful and merciful. Those are two great words. Faithful and merciful. I, I want to have a suggestion for you. As you pick friends, two qualities that are really good to have in friends, faithful friends and merciful friends. The first basically has the idea of being faithful is that, that Jesus did what he said. That his mission was accomplished. He fulfilled it. He, he stuck with the people. He did what he promised. And we live in a world in which we and other people oftentimes don't do what we promise. Whether we intend to or not, we're not faithful. But Jesus is the one that we can always know as our brother who is faithful. 
He will do it. And the last thing is he's merciful. And that's a beautiful characteristic to have with a friend because you know what? You don't always do what you're supposed to do. Or I don't always do what I'm supposed to do. And oftentimes we mess up and things come up. And you know, to have a judgmental friend is not really helpful. You know, it's good to have one or two every once in a while, but most of the time, it doesn't draw us near. But to have someone who's merciful, who knows our frailties and gives mercy instead of judgment, that softens our hearts. It doesn't make us want to go out and abuse it, but it helps us to appreciate the fact that they care about us that they know what it's like and they deal with us in compassion rather than wrath. You know, Jesus' response to our need to be rescued was not, well, gee, I guess I have to do that. He saw our need and he rushed to take care of what we need because he's merciful. It could be that over the next week, those are two great words to think about. Jesus, as my high priest, is faithful even when I'm faithless and is merciful to me and to others. So what is the benefit for us of Jesus being flesh and blood? The benefit is this, is you have a great brother who loves you and cares for you, who will meet your needs, who doesn't judge you as you and I deserve, but who shows mercy to you and who is a faithful friend, a faithful savior. That Jesus' victory is your victory. His victory over sin, His victory over death becomes ours. We get to share in it. And it's a wonderful thing. He's our champion. And as we look at Him, as we see who He is, our allegiance and our lifestyle starts to change because we are amazed at the beauty of who Christ is and what He has done. Not as someone distant, but as someone close like a brother. You know, it says that Jesus would be the Emmanuel, God with us. And as God unravels and reveals that mystery, we see that that mystery is a person. A person who is faithful and merciful. A person who is our brother and our high priest. A person who cares and meets our greatest needs. So now... If we know Christ, we are only alone when we want to be. We are only distant when we choose that we don't want to be close. Because God has come near to us in flesh and blood, in reality, as Emmanuel. Would you bow your heads with me?